It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator and host of this award-winning show, multi-award winning show in fact, and it's my aim in every episode to help you to find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you so much for tuning in because because you've tuned in, I'll get to help you out. Um, we are today talking about expanding your D2C business. So we are chatting both about expanding your channels. So shifting from a pure e-commerce focus into marketplaces and into selling via retailers, how to go about doing that, key things to do to make it a success and so forth. And we're also talking about expanding your product range. Um, My guest has built a really successful business in a really core niche and he shares a lot, um, a lot on how to do this, the mindset to do it, how he's building his team and a lot more besides. So I think you're really going to like this one. Before we get into that, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Don't think people are using cryptocurrencies? Guess again. Coin Payments has been around since 2013, processing over $6 billion in crypto payments to date, and the numbers keep growing. Stop leaving money on the table and start accepting Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and other crypto payments for your business. Coin Payments makes it easy and affordable with just 0.5% processing fees and with its simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento, and other major e commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to get in on the action. And now to introduce today's special guest. Dan Erdman is the owner and founder at Uther Supply, the industry leader in high fashion golf towels and golf balls. Founded in 2016, they're now doing over a million dollars a year. Hello, Dan. Hey, Chloe. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you here and um, and congrats on reaching the million in, in under four years. That's uh, it's very impressive. Thank you. I, I really do appreciate that. Um, you know, the time goes by quickly and um, I didn't start out with like VCs or really um, any business experience. This is my first job. So it was a surprise to, you know, um, grow quickly. And then obviously there's a lot of um, ups and downs along the way, but you know, it's, it's been a good journey. Yeah, and a nice surprise to have. Well, look, um, let's uh, let's let listeners know how did you end up in this world of e-commerce. So, how did you how did you get into e-commerce? Yeah, so initially, e-commerce was our big um, platform, and for about a couple of years, we were primarily selling on Amazon and, and Shopify. Um, but yeah, we we uh, branched out to uh, retailers a couple of years after launching. Uh, so in 2018. And we kind of neglected our um, e-commerce presence just because it was such a beast to take on uh, the large retailers. 
And now we've come back um, a couple of years later and really strengthened our e-com presence. And um, it's, it's pretty much um, an equal balance right now of um, retailers and, and offline um, compared to uh, our online presence. And when you first came up with the idea of the business, what, because you started off with the e-commerce play, yeah. what led you to kind of go, right, golf towels and e-commerce, that is the all for me. That's where I want to go. How did you, how did you decide to put your effort there? Yeah, it was, it's, it gives you the least, obviously, um, amount of upfront costs compared to, you know, going to a trade show or um, even cold calling, which could be super tedious. You put it up and you get great validation, of course, um, if you have a good product. And I really, uh, you know, appreciated the the relationships that came from, let's say, social media, and and then, of course, is a, a funnel for ecom. And um, yeah, it, it was great for it's great for, of course, analytics and the early development of of the business and seeing what works and um, pivoting with uh, products that don't work. Yeah, it's um, it is a great way of very quickly understanding what the actual consumer want because I guess whilst at a trade show you get people walking past and speaking to you, so you kind of get mm-hmm. feedback quite quickly that way. They aren't the end consumer, are they? They're the buyer for the retailer. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to learn from the consumer, you've got to put something in front of them. Oh, hundred percent. And our analytics from an econ perspective has been huge in determining products that we want to roll out to retailers. So um, it's definitely been a huge asset um just learning from both channels and um i guess that blend has has been the perfect recipe for for our business in understanding what works and um ideally what the consumer um wants out of the company and and um our products it must be kind of cool to get to go to those big retailers and go here's what sells yeah Here's what customers want. Um, it gives you a lot more power when you're having those conversations with them, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And especially when we started off in 2018, they were making more of um, the decision-making and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and the conversation has shifted to our company telling the retailers what is going to work. And um, we've had quite a bit of back and forth and we're a lot more confident with our rollout because we have the analytics to support um, our different channels and it kind of works in different sequences as well. So for example, we have retailers in Canada that can give us good feedback about top selling products. And we um, communicate that to our uh, US retailers and um, it's just been a good recipe and, and uh, figuring out what works as well. Um, of course, uh, you know, trying to figure out as quickly as possible the designs um, that are going to have the best sell, sell through. So, yeah, because it's um, there's a lot, there's a lot of additional complexity when you're running those extra channels, but there's also a lot you can gain by the learnings that come between each of them. We're going to dive back into that whole multi-channel piece shortly, but first of all, let's just let people know kind of a little bit more about your business as it stands right now. So, where in the world are you, and where are you selling? Yeah, so. From an e-com perspective, we're on Amazon and, um, of course, as, as I mentioned earlier, Shopify. And uh, to, to give um, listeners a, a perspective of the company, um, as you mentioned, we were founded in 2016. I had the idea um, while working actually 
at the lowest level in the golf industry. I, like I was cleaning up golf clubs and whatnot in, in the back shop. Um, and I had the idea to create a fashionable golf towel at the time. All of the golf towels had logos and were super ugly. And I didn't want to be a billboard for a company's newest product line. So, uh, I thought it was a lot more fun and, and, um, you know, it gives your golf bag a different flair to have a fashionable golf towel. So we have a lot of different fun, unique designs. Um, and yeah, 20, of course this past year, it's weird to say this past year, but this past year in 2020, um, we, uh, we launched our, our, our golf balls for, for pre-sale and now they're selling online. Um, and it's a completely different experience, um, selling, uh, a consumable compared to, uh, golf towels, which have a lot longer, I guess, turnaround and, and the, um, customer, uh, reorder rate. So yeah, it's, we sell on, as I mentioned, Amazon, Shopify, um, our largest retailer is Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, we're in all of their, uh, I believe 850, 900 locations, golf galaxy, golf, um, Dick's Sporting Goods. And in, in Canada, it's golf town, which we're also in all of their locations. So the two largest, uh, golf retailers were luckily, um, we've got a stronghold in, in there. So we're very fortunate about that. Nice. And the the focus for all your selling is the US and Canada then, or do you sell overseas via the Shopify site too? Yeah, we do a little bit of international sales. Um, and we have a, a good 3PL that helps us with our fulfillment and we've enabled the, the setting for, you know, anyone to order. So, um, it's, it's helpful with, of course, having that online channel that pretty much anyone in the world can order another towel, but, um, I would say about 95% of all our sales are in the U S and Canada. And there's, there's plenty of golfers, let's face it in the U S and Canada to keep you, get, get you a lot larger a business than you are at the yeah, moment. So, uh, 100%. So yeah, 100%. Plenty of opportunity there. Okay. So we talked about the product, we know where you are, um, we know your platforms. What does your team look like? Is it just you or have you got a whole, whole gang of people selling golf towels and balls? Yeah, we've grown relatively quickly in the last year, um, adding four new team members on. Um, so we have a CFO who handles all of our our bookkeeping and um, relationships with our with our banks, which is of course crucial, um, especially in our situation where we, where we don't have outside uh, funding or VC. So we have the CFO uh, Rashad and Jordan, who is our graphic designer, which is super important of course with our sort of business with designs and, and that sort of thing so um jordan's our designer we have um craig who does our sourcing for us and looking to the future that's a big um i guess play for our business we uh really focus on um growing our, our product lines and, and that's really our, our focus on expansion um especially with uh, the good presence that we have in, uh, in many channels. So, uh, someone that does a sourcing, uh, Craig, and then we have, um, another team member that we're actually bringing on super shortly, um, who would do a little bit more of the sales and marketing, um, and especially econ. That's, that's a big thing for us. So, um, we work also with a couple agencies for PPC. Um, and as I mentioned, a three PL partner, um, and an animations company that, does good work for us as well. So it's, we still have a small team. Um, but we're, we're definitely, um, 
at a growth stage. So we're excited to be bringing on some more team members, hopefully in uh, the next little while. Nice. And I take it from all of that, that you're the one who's currently in charge of sales and marketing. So you're, you're managing your marketing agencies and those relationships with Dick Sporting Goods and the other retailers. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to delegate those super high level conversations with retailers. So at the moment I'm, I'm the one that uh, works uh, with our buyers and I, that's a very, because of course, in order to grow, you've got to delegate and, and, um, that's something that I can't really imagine delegating it anytime soon. So, um, e-com, that's a much easier form of delegation. And, um, you know, if you mess up with e-com, it's not that big of a deal to your store, right? Um, there's a lot more pressure and, and you've got to perform for the retailers because obviously if you don't, um, you know, your reorder rate could run flat. So, um, that's something that I have a really strong hand on. If you screw up with one e-commerce customer, that's $20 lost, maybe. Maybe $100 lost. You screw yeah. up with uh, with one retailer, that's 20, 30% of the business gone. Yes. And and all that knowledge as well. You you cuz you don't learn a lot from one e-commerce customer, but you learn a huge amount from that from that one retailer. So I, I completely get, especially I completely get why you want to hold on it hold on to it from that perspective, but I also get why you want to hold on to it given the the future plans you've got from the business of new product lines. Mm -hmm. Because you can get an awful lot of information out of the buyers on what product line to do next. You know, is it golf tees? Is it golf bags? Is it, you know, where do we go next? Because they have a lot of input they can give you. Plus you've got to convince them to take it to get those volumes up. So so yeah, I get I get why you'd hold on to that one for the time being. <laughs> no, and, and that's a great point too. Um, before rolling out our golf balls, we were communicating with our, our, our retailer partners for about five months before our actual pre-sale launch. So like r right at the early stage of development, and we got confirmation pretty early on that we get orders from our partners, and and that was a great validation of you know we have a good idea here. And um, as you mentioned it's one thing getting, uh, the retailers interested. It's, it's another thing having that end consumer. So we're really excited to finally have it launch on, on shelves and, um, you know, getting feedback, um, from our, from, from our consumer. I can, I can see it's a really clever business model you're building. You're building there, Dan. Well, look, we said we'd come back to those challenges and those benefits of selling to both retailers and selling to the consumers. And, then I want to get get into a bit about you know launching new product ranges. So, so let's kind of wrap up or finish off on the multi-channel angle by me asking you if there's someone out there right now who is who has their own products, their D2C retailer, and they're only selling it online and they're not quite sure how to approach working with retailers. What what from all you've learned over the last couple of years would you give them as as guiding advice for making those first contacts? Because clearly you know what you're doing because you've got huge retailers on board. Yeah, so that introduction is actually a funny story. Both Dix and Golf Town reached out to us um, in about 2018. It was like I believe May or so. Dix reached out to us of 2018, and then Golf Town a few months later in about July or August. And I would recommend don't like, of course, go in and try to find the buyers, but it's 
it's a much more difficult sell rather than having the buyers come to you and, and creating a large enough brand and a good enough idea that would entice them to, um, you know, approach your company. And, and the buyers are always looking for, of course, uh, good products and, and unique products. So the reason why we've had success is because we have a completely unique and new concept and, and something that people want. Um, and then I would say that that takes care of a lot of the legwork if you have something that people want. So I would, I would recommend to really look at your product. Is it unique? Is it something that the retailers do not already sell? And then from there, grow your online presence, get a lot of press. That's been really good for us. And that's actually how I believe um, a lot of the retailers found us through like Father's Day gift guides, Mother's Day gift guides, and um, some other articles that mentioned our company. So um, do a little bit less of the chasing and <laughs> hopefully have them come to you. And, and you know, that can, that's applicable to any part of your life. Just be so good that others are going to want to flock to you. So that's our, our motto. I like it. I like it because that also means you you focus all your effort on doing the best possible job you can do with the business model you're already running, i.e. your e-commerce side. And then when they come along, you don't have to learn how to get them yeah. because that comes as a natural part of what you're doing anyway. So I like it. So, okay. So how does one not screw up that first approach from a retailer? Mm-hmm. Any tips around that? Yeah, that was that was funny. I, I couldn't believe when that actually happened. I was like 22 years old and I got uh, a message from a buyer, Dick's Sporting Goods, and then they were like telling us that, um, you know, we, we want to stock your products in all of our, our stores. And, and we had a huge, a huge order, luckily. Um, so with that being said, work, what, what I decided to do is focus all of my attention, as I mentioned, on that channel because I didn't want to really mess that opportunity up. And, you know, Amazon is something that could always come later and, and that's what we've done and, and e-com. So, um, focus your energy on what is most important and look at what brings you the most results. It's kind of like the 80, 20% principle in that, you know, 80% of your tasks are driving 20% of your results or, or, or vice versa. 20% of, um, you know, your effort drives 80% of your results. So, um, that's what we try to focus on the, the smaller efforts that drive a large, a large amount of results. And, um, you know, we, we try to, uh, avoid the semantics as much as possible, just because it's very easy to get caught up in the little details as a business owner. And, um, even through my networking and speaking to, um, some other entrepreneurs, we, we often focus on the little, little details that other people don't really find that important. So it's better to take an outside perspective and, and really look at what drives um, the greatest amount of results in the least amount of time. I like that. I think it is, like you say, it's so easy to get hung up on something that's unimportant. And I particularly like, you know, that you, you kind of made the decision, right, we're going to neglect the e-commerce and the Amazon channels a bit, because this is a huge opportunity that they, they're probably only ever going to come and knock on the door once. Yeah. So we need to really focus everything on making this happen because the Amazon and the Shopify side of things, we can do that when we want. That's on our timetable. So let's let's allow that to do badly 
or less good than it could. Which I think so often we go, oh, there's something new. I shall carry on doing everything I'm doing already and just add on this amazing new thing. And it's like, well, how? How are you going to add on the amazing new thing? Because your plate's full. Exactly. And I didn't have the capacity at that time to bring on other team members. So it was just myself. And I had to really um, focus on, as, as I mentioned, what's important. So yeah, it's, it's okay to drop something for a later date. It's okay to drop something entirely if it's not working. And what we found is by, you know, working with these retailers has had a reverse effect. It's, it's, it's grown our online presence. It's grown our reputation as a brand. Um, so yeah, hundred percent recommend, um, you know, figuring out one piece at a time first and, and not try to do 10 things at once. And we've kind of taken that same philosophy with our product lines and, and, and launching, um, as, as I mentioned, the golf balls, it's, it's been a slow build and, and it's, it's been a very, um, I you can even say tedious, um, I guess run up to, to the launch, but we'd rather do one super long and, and, hundred percent effort of one thing rather than spreading our, our efforts then. Yeah. Cause I wanted to come on to the, to the golf balls launch because so in 2018, you start talking to the retailers and you get the golf towels stocked and get all of that working. Mm-hmm. Was there kind of like a point where, right, this bit's now working, let's now do the golf balls. Was it that simple a decision or I guess what, what led to you deciding to do golf balls? Because I'm guessing towels are quite an easy thing to spec and purchase, whereas golf balls, that's, that's going to be, apart from clubs, that's going to be the most complex thing to create in the world of golf. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, from a towel perspective, we've really focused on the detail. So I'm super confident that we make like the best golf towel. Our attention to detail was, is, is completely there. And, and um, especially like, if you see compared to our, our, our competitors, it's very obvious that we're a golf towel company and, and we specialize in what we do. And then, as you mentioned, going to a, a, a new product such as a golf ball, which is super complex. The most important thing that we strategize is to ensure that we're working with top level suppliers. And in order to do that, you need to verify um, their other partnerships. So we did a, a very, a complete, I guess, um, background check and research of the top golf ball suppliers. So I was actually speaking to um, someone also in the industry who mentioned that he got very into the subtle details of creating a golf ball. And that's not our specialty. Our specialty is, is design work. And we want to find someone that already has that 20, 25, 30 plus years experience manufacturing golf balls and has a reputation of creating quality products um because yeah it's a very technical product and there's very few uh, factories that actually can produce it well and and through our testing of, of different golf balls it's clear that there's probably two maximum three suppliers that can do a really really good job um so yeah we've put our faith in the suppliers and we've done our testing um but my biggest piece of advice is make sure that you're working with the best of the best. And when you do your sourcing initially, you will get a lot of, um, a, a lot of companies and, and, uh, people that pretend to be companies and are middlemen. Uh, I, I highly re- recommend 
making sure that they supply other top companies and um, that they have a history with large productions and, and that sort of thing. Some excellent advice there. I like that. Find the best because it's it's like you don't have to become an expert in how to make a golf ball. You know, it's all about how the golf ball looks at the end of the day and the brand, but it has to be a decent golf ball. So outsource the problem of how to make a decent golf ball and go with the right supplier, which I think it, it can be, you said, you know, you were saying earlier about how we can get focused on the small details that no one else finds important. We can also get distracted by getting, by learning stuff we don't need to know. Wow, that's a great point. Yeah. And you mentioned um, a lot earlier in the interview about how you're fi- you're already finding you're kind of in this pre-sale period with the with the golf balls. You're already finding there's a very different repeat purchase cycle mm-hmm. with the golf balls to what there is with a with a golf towel, which is kind of obvious because they're a consumable. Um, but a really interesting thing to be coming through the stats. So is that something which you're which you're going to be taking advantage of? on the e-commerce side of things with the marketing you're doing and the pieces that you're going to be rolling out. Yeah, that's totally fair. A lot of our retargeting will um, take place with our golf balls because once you buy a golf towel, you're kind of set. We, we do have customers that like to deck out their golf bag with a different golf towel, but that's definitely more unique. And, and the amount of repeat customers we're going to get from golf balls is going to be a lot stronger. But with that being said, the barrier to entry to get into the golf ball market is is a lot harder because there's a lot more loyalty to your given golf ball. Uh, a lot of people stick with the same brand, same same type of golf ball. So what we're trying to do is, um, of course, penetrate the market as quickly as possible. And that can be from like different, different means. Obviously, a large PPC um, presence. Um, I don't like to do sales. I don't think that's a good thing, but, um, you know, potentially, potentially doing some sales, um, in, early on just to get some people hooked and, and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, overall, I would say that the barrier to entry, it's very difficult to get a, a customer for a golf ball. But once you do have that customer, the, the history is, is, is it's, it's a, a lot of repeat orders. Um, so the acquisition cost will be higher, but, uh, we're confident with what we're what we're releasing and the quality of the product and and the uniqueness of it and um, our current customer base and and we've seen uh, a good amount of our, our customers um, that purchase golf towels uh, convert to, to golf balls. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.
Don't know where to start when it comes to cryptocurrencies? Don't worry, Coin Payments is here to make your transition into crypto as smooth as possible so you can enjoy lower fees, more security and access to new shoppers eager to spend crypto. Get crypto payment options on your online store within 24 hours with our simple Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento and other major e-commerce plugins. Go to coinpayments.net forward slash masterplan to learn how you can start accepting crypto payments today. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, Dan, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So you ready for the top tips? Absolutely. Listeners, he's nodding at me via the video that you guys can't see it. I'm like, I'm going to have to speak, Dan. (laughs) But he's ready. That's the main thing. Okay, Dan, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agrees to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Hmm. I wouldn't say this is really a business book, but it's something that inspired me. It's The Alchemist uh, by Paulo Coelho. And um, it's about discovering what your true purpose is. And, um, you know, for entrepreneurs, oftentimes it's always consuming with with uh, the business and it feels like that's your purpose. And I, I definitely feel that way. It's, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm more than passionate about. And um, there's a lot of good tips in there about, you know, uh, your legacy and, and, and that sort of thing in, in a very mystical way. So I would recommend that. I'm surprised how infrequently that one gets mentioned on the podcast, to be honest, because for me, it's like, it's one of those that everyone should have read. Yes. It's like table stakes. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Mm. Actually press. Funny enough, um, I, press is a huge, huge part of our strategy. And, um, you know, it, it gives us the legitimacy of um, appearing to be a bigger brand, being featured in larger publications. And um, there's very little cost to, um, you know, working with journalists. And what we exclusively do is we send out free product. And um, so the ROI is incredible. And, um I would highly recommend to gather up a list of, of press in your industry and, and reach out to them and, and hopefully get featured for an article or, or a gift guide. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Press doesn't get enough press. So true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? Well, we just started integrating with Asana and I don't know how we've um, lived without it. It's the project management software. So tip number one, make sure you have a good project management software and you can set all sort of automations. And that's what we do with, for example, repeat tasks, um, dependency tasks. There's a lot that you can do with it that you can't with pen and paper, of course, or really um, not using a project management software, you know, using a collaborative Google doc or whatever. It's, It's not, anywhere near as efficient as using a project management software. So um, 10 out of 10 recommend it. Yeah, me too. I second you on that one. Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? I recommend PPC. Um, There's nothing that really gets your, uh, I guess, immediate feedback as PPC. And... um, 10 out of 10 recommend 
first having that those analytics and then optimizing your ROAS, your return on ad spend. Um, so, so that's our top tip. Um, our, our company's top tip is is optimizing our PPC because it's very scalable and it gives you that analytics to to really grow. And when you say PPC, are we talking Google Ads? Yep, Google. We also do Amazon ads, um, ads and, and Facebook ads. Um, what's been really good for us is Amazon. And I, I guess that has to do with um, having good customer reviews on, on that platform. Um, but yeah, Google Shopping. And make sure, again, just like I mentioned in earlier, that you need to find an expert in every single field. And that's what I've really focused in on is finding the best factory um, with 10 years, 15, 20 years experience. Same with PPC, someone that has experience doing um, exactly what you want to achieve. Nice. Great advice there again. Well, Dan, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yep. Social media, we are at Other Supply and online www.othersupply.com. And yeah, search search for us on Amazon, as, as I mentioned, and um, for the US and Canadian listeners, we are in Golf Town in Canada and Dick's Sporting Goods and Golf Galaxy in the US. Cool. And for anyone who's doing those searches, we are spelling other, U-T-H-E-R. Yes. So if you try it with an O, you ain't going to find us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good call out. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, look, Dan, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been fascinating chatting to you and I wish you the best of luck with the big golf ball rollout uh, later this year. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. It's good, good, good speaking to you. Thank you so much. So much good insight there from Dan. Now, um, one of his top tips was about PR and how to do your PR and how great they found it. And he spoke also in the interview about how uh, by focusing on that PR and getting that that noise about the business, that brand awareness, it did them great things when they were, and, and sorry, and bought them those retailers to so help them grow the e-commerce side of the business, the Amazon side of the business. And then it got them in under the radar of those massive retailers that, that are now make up such a big part of their business. Now, if you um, want to follow in his footsteps on that, then you need to have a listen to our sister podcast, Keep Optimizing, because back in December, a couple of months ago, we focused on content marketing and two of our episodes were directly about PR. In one of them, I was chatting with Rand Fishkin uh, from Spark Toro, ex of Moz, so SEO genius as well talking to him about how to find the people who you should be getting to talk about you. So how to find the websites, the blogs, the newspapers who you need to be getting to talk about you. And that's actually what his tool Spark Toro does. That was episode 24 over on Keep Optimizing. And then the second one you need to have a listen to is the amazing Mark Hook, who's head of PR at Bright Pearl, used to do PR for Love Honey, which is a massive UK sex toy um, retailer. And he, he gave us like an amazing one-on-one kind of 101 strategy guide to how to go about doing PR, how to track track the impact, how to find people. It was, it was a genius episode. Really, really loved that one. So that's episodes 24 and 25 of the Keep Optimizing podcast that you'll find on whatever you're listening to this on um, or on keepoptimizing.com, which we spell with an S, not a Z because I'm British, but which I think Google's now caught up. So if you spell it with an S, you'll probably find us anyway. Okay. I digress, but I really wanted to tell you about those two episodes because if you've gone, oh, PR, we need to do some of that. 
those episodes are the place to go to work out what to do next. But most of that interview, you know, we were talking about how you go through the kind of those big parts of building a D2C business, building a product focused business. When you decide and how you go about creating your second product line and how you deal with the the wholesale and those different routes to market. I'm hoping that's helped a lot of you work out what you should do and where you should focus. Um, Dan gave you lots of great tips there. So I'm sure, 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 sure it has. You can get yourself the notes from today's show, including those top tips, links to what we've mentioned and details about those two podcasts I just mentioned as well by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things that I share, many of them free, to help you improve your business. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. Um, it's brilliant seeing so many of you tune in week after week, month after month, year after year in many cases. Um, so thank you guys. Uh, I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I'd love to help them too. I hope you're having a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.